here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, they hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. It is the middle of November here as we record this, which means I put on my favorite summer shirt to try to cling to the last days of summer. Not my friend Brent over there. He's got the beautiful fall sweater on. That's right. right. You are tuned into Men's Fashion Podcast, where we talk about (laughs) the latest trends and how to stay ahead of them. Pictures of palm leaves on your wall, it's out. My wife just told me. As you see, I used to have uh, two, you can go back to old episodes. There used to be palm leaves on my back wall. <laughs> they are gone. Now, it's either a picture of New York, Manhattan, or an amoeba. Uh, I'm not sure which. I can't really tell. It's actually all three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All three at once. They're superimposed. Um, no, that's, that's, that's the Isle of Manhattan, the place where I used to live. Brett, we have a really good episode today. Yeah. Sponsored display. Uh, and we've talked about sponsor display on this podcast a couple times in the past. It's been changing so much. There's been so many changes. There's also been a lot more reasons to use it over the last few months, too. Um, so it's definitely something that's really up right now for me, my clients, customers, bar none. And I think you found the same thing, too, that it's this is an ad type that continues to rise in priority. Yeah, that's what I messaged you the other day talking about topics. I said, sponsor display. Let's do it. Now's mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. the iron. Let's strike while the iron is hot. There's so much going on with this right now. And uh, I don't see it getting a lot of uh, play, so to speak, in, in the circles that we run in. So definitely time to talk about it. Yeah, you know, you think about the history of sponsored display, like going way back, uh, you know, years and years back. It was sort of this like, junky ad that you would like maybe use sometimes if you got around to it you know it it wasn't designed well it didn't have like a lot of pull of your attention it's like sponsored products sponsored products sponsored products and now the new iteration of sponsored display ads is so far so good it's it's got a lot more going for it than i think it did when it uh, first began yeah for sure and in fact uh, if we could, if we could kind of fast forward to that, I mean, what was the old one even called? It was product display ads. So PDA. it had display in there. Yeah, it's called PDA. You know, people used to call it oh, PDA, PDA this, and that was available only in what used to be called AMS, um, yep. which is now just kind of mushed into advertising console with everything else. But that was one of the major advantages to AMS was uh, sponsored brands, which I think was the big one, and yep. then um, uh, PDAs. Of course, sponsored mm-hmm. 
brands was also called headline search ads back then. I had to kind of plumb my memory there to figure that out. But they've unified everything in terms of naming. Um, and I know people at Amazon cringe when you say PDA. They're like, oh, it's not that anymore. Don't say yeah. that, please. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting? When we were prepping for this episode, we had this moment where I think this happens to every single person I talk to. So if this is if this feeling that I'm about to describe is happening to you, fear not. It happens to literally everyone, including people that work at Amazon, which is basically this. Does this product have a, does this ad type have a report? Uh, or what's in the report? Or is this available to brand registers or, or not? Uh, what about that ad type? Well, maybe that one. Is that CPC or CPM? I don't know. Let me look it up. Let me find an account that has access to it and I'll double check and verify. Right. This is real, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Amazon advertising is truly moving so fast, making so many changes that even people like Brent and I, who spend literally all day looking at Amazon advertising, thinking about Amazon advertising, talking about it, just all, it's still, you are, it is a blazing fast speed at which Amazon advertising is moving, which is why, you know, we're like 120 episodes or so. Uh, well, this is episode 105, but we published almost 120 episodes. And we still have so much to talk about. There's no shortage of ideas to touch on, to talk about. And this is this is real. Uh, you know, the, the pace at which Amazon goes, mm -hmm. the Amazon information encyclopedia just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So hopefully this episode helps you helps to provide some insight and helps you stay pace with Amazon advertising. Yeah, and Amazon uh, giveth and taketh away. So uh, sometimes things appear and then they disappear and it leaves you with this feeling like you're being gaslit a little bit. <laughs> like, wait, I saw that report here last week. What happened to that? I have, I have yes. a version of that on my hard drive. Now what? It's gone. <laughs> exactly. You know, sponsored display used to have some level of reporting. Inside sponsored product reports, now that's gone. <laughs> it's like, where did yeah. that go? Yeah. Um, so I think it's really interesting. And, you know, I've been on the phone with people that work at Amazon and I've asked them, what ad type is this? Like, hey, I made this search. Like, what is this ad type? Like, how does that trigger? Or, hey, I'm bidding on this keyword. How come I'm appearing on a product display page, a product detail page? Uh, and they're like scratching their heads. It's like there, there's so, definitely some mystery combined with the pace at which Amazon advertising moves. So, uh Welcome to your weekly dose of Amazon News. Let us get, uh, let, let's dig in deeper to sponsor display, how it works, how it operates. And with that, let's jump in to our late 2020 update on sponsored display. Alrighty, Brent, kick us off. Uh, let's take it from the bottom and work our way up. What is sponsored display? Because I know that there's a lot of people that haven't run sponsored display yet. Yeah, sure. So I think that this is Amazon's attempt at breaking into display advertising. So display advertising typically characterized by a different costing model, right? So it's going to be CPM instead of CPC. I think that's a fair distinction to make between display and, you know, I guess, you know, keyword based, like search intent based. And display also is going to be uh, targeted by different methods. But with Amazon, the lines are a bit blurred. There's a lot of overlap because you can target uh, specific ASINs categories, just like you can for sponsored products. But there's some new things we'll get to, like uh, view targeting, similar product targeting. And I know for a fact they're going to build out 
um, in market categories and segments eventually with with this tool, which is something that they're going to take from ADSP. Um, so that I think is probably the big distinction of what makes it display. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the ad types themselves, um, you know, there's definitely some differences between you know the classic sponsored product ad and sponsored display ads. Um, so before we get into the individual components of what makes up a sponsored display ad, uh, let's touch on where these can actually appear. Obviously, one place is the product detail page. Uh, you know, when you are looking at a product on Amazon, you see, you know, if you scroll down, you see the rows of sponsored products related to this item, uh, you know, sponsored products related to this item that are four stars and up. Um, so you see those sort of those two bars of suggested products. You can also see a sponsored display ad periodically on uh, product detail pages as well. A lot of times it will be underneath the buy box. So it'll have like the buy box, the buy now, add to cart, you go down a little bit further and then you've got a product display ad. Um, and it look, that one looks very similar to a, a classic sponsored product. Biggest difference is that it's just appearing by itself. It's generally a square. On mobile, yeah. uh, it can be a rectangle because people are normally scrolling uh, with their phones in, in vertical mode. Um, so the ad itself, when it's on a product detail page, is very close to what a, a product ad is, where it's just the product and it's just the title, the star rating. That's essentially it. Um, in this example that I'm looking at, it also has a company uh, logo attached to it. Right, and that's a newer option with uh, SD which is the ability to customize a creative a bit with a logo and a headline. The headline is still that 50 character limit that we're kind of used to from sponsored brands um, mm-hmm. and, and all the other ad types you know, historically. And you did, you did say PDA there at one point, so Amazon's going to dock some points for you. Oh, man, sponsored yeah. display. They're yes, on you. They're it. on you, man. Yeah, they're canceling your podcast. Uh, no, but uh, in all seriousness, that I think is the most well-known placement mm-hmm. for this ad type is that just below the buy box, that really kind of crucial area, like, oh, you're going to buy this product? Well, look at this one over here. This is uh, slightly cheaper. And this person was intelligent enough to write a headline that calls out our specific benefit over the one you're looking at. You know, mm-hmm. that might be a good example of how to use this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can't forget some of these other um, types. So when you think about display ads on a DSP, or uh, Google, uh, what is AdSense is their display thing. I'm not sure if they even still call it that. Uh, there's for, yeah, for dozens of different. Publishers, yeah. Exactly. It, yeah, there's dozens it, of different like things like skyscraper, you know, this pixel by that pixel. Um, and this thing shows up in this area. There's like, um, I forget what it's called, Internet Advertising Bureau standards for where those things are. And Amazon's display matches some of that. However, they have a couple other ones that are Amazon unique. And I think the one we should probably talk about is the top stripe. So mm-hmm. we touched on this in our and our um, kind of warm up for this, but the the top stripe is the one that's at the very top of the page. So between mm-hmm. the search bar and the product, the actual product detail page is that stripe. It's long and narrow. And historically that's been occupied by Amazon or like an Amazon basics advertisement. But now DSP and sponsored display both have the vi- uh, ability to get in that top stripe uh, if they have customized creative. So that's really exciting. It's a very prominent spot. That is a big spot. I actually had a few people over the last few weeks message me and ask me like, hey, what is this placement? 
it's taking up so much prominence on my product display page, yeah. uh, product detail page, uh, <laughs> display PDP product. Oh, it's too many acronyms. <laughs> product page. It's taking up so much pro- prominence on my product page. What you know, I want to be you know advertising one of my other products there, and right. it doesn't appear all the time. Uh, you know, I just made a search, and it this time it didn't appear on this particular product page, but on others it will. Actually, it just loaded up. It, it was probably the last thing I searched mason jars, and right above the product image right above you know the product title there is a top stripe and it's got a nice logo um it's got a nice uh product image and you know it says the the title of the product the star rating the price the prime check um so this is a really prominent placement um so there's actually two uh, sponsored display here. We've got that top stripe and the one below the buy box. Yeah, I'm looking at a page right now and uh, this is for a client product. I won't say which, but it has a top stripe and it's actually for one of their other products. So we've done a good job of protecting the real estate here and uh, yeah, just kind of pushing other people out of there, which is a, you know, I would say an advanced tactic, uh, but definitely yep. one to, to be aware of. <laughs> yep. So we've got the below the buy box, the top stripe, uh, it, it, and this repeats for you know the app itself too. It can also appear off Amazon. So sponsored display can also appear off of Amazon. So third-party websites in Amazon's ecosystem of you know sites that you know uh, a media site like IMDb makes money from mm-hmm. their advertising. Um, so they need to have advertisers bid for placements on their website. So Amazon has their uh, network uh, where they can serve these ads. So, uh, you know, these ads, these sponsored display ads, it's a nice way to have advertisers tap into off Amazon advertising for their Amazon product. Um, So if you think about how the internet works, for the longest time, when you were looking at a blog or a website or whatever, a lot of times when you click that, you would go to another site uh, to, you know, maybe a Shopify store, maybe a lead generation site. Now, just in terms of the, I think this is interesting in the nature, the changing nature of the internet. Now, when you click on things, you will be taken to Amazon, which is generally, uh, you know, potentially a little bit more trustworthy than maybe a standalone site, or at least customers have a little bit more uh, familiarity with it. So there's some interesting components to think about and the changing pace of the internet and Amazon's uh, crawling, you know, hands into the rest of the internet, a space that was generally occupied by like Google display ads. Right. And to go back to what you said about the other networks, Amazon, as far as I'm aware, refers to that as APS. So Amazon publisher services, and that is ad inventory that is on sites that are Amazon owned and operated and is made available through other DSPs, not just their own and not just to those of us using sponsored display, but that is maybe something that requires a mindset shift. That's a tough one. On the part of business owners for Amazon and people who are you know actively advertising on the platform. Because it's like, what do you mean it doesn't show up on Amazon? I thought I was advertising on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. like, well, actually, no. Some of these uh, types of sponsored display are going to show up off Amazon, so you know, get get used to that concept. Uh, I think it's going to be more and more, uh, you know, frequently put in front of us here. 
uh, as time goes on. Yeah, so let's, now that we've talked about sort of where they can appear, uh, just really quick in terms of what marketplaces they can appear for uh, inside North America, we've got Canada and US, uh, South America unavailable. In Europe, we've got Germany, Spain, France, Italy, UK. Um, we've got the UAE in the Middle East. And then in Asia Pacific, we've got India and Japan. Right. And as far as I'm aware, just to, because we have a lot of EU clients and see that it came to the EU like pretty recently. That is yeah. not a, that is not a thing that's been around for a long time. This has been in and out of the US since 2018. I remember when it popped up and it went away and it yep. came back and it came, <laughs> you know, this is something we'll get into, I guess. Uh, I know we run it in Canada. Um, we have UAE accounts. I have no idea if we're running it there. Those are very small and we don't have any presence in Asia. So I can't say. Yeah. Some really interesting things there. And before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, updating you on some of the targeting options and things to consider, um, let's first talk about where it fits in to your strategy. Um, so at the very first you know, decision tree, should you be running these? I think that's an easy answer. What do you say, Brent? I say yes. I think at this point, at least devoting budget to testing this. If you have retail-ready, advertising-ready products, devoting budget to testing this is something you should absolutely be doing or instructing your agency or your advertising guy or girl to do. Um, I would advise that, uh, I don't know, <laughs> can you advise something heavily? <laughs> I heavily advise you to do it. Um, mm. <laughs> I think that it is um, a key piece of the puzzle at this point to at least throw money at and try and learn uh, because Amazon is now serious about this. In the past, I think they were screwing around with it. But now, now from all indications, it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say there's an advertiser spending $10,000 a month. What would you advise as a test budget for that? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, if you put a number on it. So consider this. I mean, you can break down the different campaign types inside of Advertising Console just by sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored display. Um, I think that if you're running sponsored display of, 10, of 10K, let's say you devote 500 to $800 in a month to sponsored display. That's like a very, I mean, what is that? Five, five, eight percent, something like mm -hmm. that. Because yeah. think about sponsored brands is typically 30, 35 percent of spend in an account that's mature, has good products. Uh, and then sponsored products is going to be, you know, 65, 70 percent, like a large percentage. But you leave some room in there for sponsored display. I, I, that's that's my uh, perspective on it right now. Right. Uh, I've thought about five to 15% uh, is like ultimately once you after post testing and you determine that it's good, generally you'll probably be spending five to 15% on sponsored display. Another question I have for you too, uh, you know, I know there's some advertisers that are just getting started with Amazon mm -hmm. advertising. Would you say that this is the first ad type they should begin with? No. <laughs> and also, um, this is maybe something we can tackle now, but can they even do it? Because we didn't come to a conclusion on this because it's not clear. Mm -hmm. But if you're just starting off your Amazon, um, your Amazon business and you're like, all right, let's get some uh, traction against these ASINs from competitors and these keywords, sponsored products is where it's at. You know, don't, mm -hmm. don't, look, don't look past that. Um, but if you don't have brand registry, you're not going to be able to run sponsored brands. It's just not even possible. Mm-hmm. However, um, and this is where we were trying to figure out the, the truth of the matter, um, I have had direct experience you know, this week building 
campaigns in sponsored display for accounts that do not have brand registry. Yet in Amazon's own documentation, they say, oh, you need brand registry to do this. And asking other people who are you know, mutual friends of ours in this space, they would say, oh, well, I don't know. Sometimes it worked. Other times mm-hmm. it didn't. This page here on Amazon says you have to have it. It's totally you know, all over the place. Yeah. You know, you know I still think of the, the hierarchy of advertising types, sponsored products. It's sponsored products is so aligned with the customer experience on Amazon where they're making a search, they're looking at products. Sponsored products look identical to normal organic results. Most people uh, don't realize the difference. Um, <laughs> so it's it's totally in line with the, the user's search experience. Um, the way that you can target it, it just provides a, a wealth of information for Keyword research, uh, you know, so many people use their sponsored products search term report to inform their next move, whether they double down on a keyword or they potentially realize some new things that they should be doing with their product. Uh, oh, you know, this got searched a lot uh, for this product. I'm going to add that to my description or I'm going to, you know, the second generation of my product, I'm actually going to include a uh, upgrade to that particular component. And so sponsored products uh, have immense value, not only from the pure you know, ad spend revenue perspective. But, you know, we're getting into, I'm sending, trying to send signals that I want to rank more aggressively for this particular keyword. Um, And so sponsored products really is, uh, I think, a keystone of the Amazon advertising experience. And then, you know, to me, it naturally evolves into taking those best keywords and inserting those into sponsored brand ads. And, you know, that's generally how I think of the, the hierarchy. I think what's cool about sponsored display, as we're going to get to it, is that it has some targeting types that simply aren't available in sponsored products and sponsored brands. Um, so I know, you know, generally I advise people to do things uh, sequentially. So sponsored products, sponsored brands, then sponsored display. Uh, however, if there are people that are, you know, want to move quickly and they've already got their sponsored products going, but maybe they 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 don't have a lot of sponsored brands yet and they haven't done sponsored display yet, I think there's a good case for starting those uh, if they have the the budget, uh, you know, together at the at the at the same time um, instead of instead of doing sponsored brands and then coming around to sponsored display. I think there's sponsored display is sort of moving to me. Hey, you know, launches at the same time that you do sponsored brands. So I think as its value goes up, I. You know, I think it's. I mean, we're doing another episode on it. It should tell you enough, like the, the amount of changes, <laughs> right? Uh, are you know? So I think it's becoming a little bit more important, right? And the scale that it can reach. You know, if you're looking at these uh, purchases, or sorry, rather uh, searches in particular targeting. I mean, that's a massive, massive pool of people um, that you could hit with impressions. And if that's your goal, getting more eyeballs on your product more uh, quickly, uh, yeah, it could be in line with that goal. Yeah. And I think there's some early data, um, like uh, I attended Amazon's AdCon and they had a statistic that said if you, you know, just launch a product and you're only doing sponsored products, uh, it'll take, I forget what the exact number was, but on average it might take eight weeks or so to hit a certain number of reviews. And then if you do sponsored products and sponsored brands, that time goes down. 
and then if you do all three, the time goes down even further. So you get this cool emergent effect, uh, which I mean, I, at, at the surface level, of course that makes sense. Like the more people see it, the more people will click on it, the more people will eventually leave reviews. That being said, you know, they didn't comment on the profitability of doing that, uh, of throwing so much traffic at a product that's relatively new. Um, they didn't comment on that. But that being said, if the goal is to hit a um, you know, terminal velocity to sort of leave the launch phase to an established product, then going all out uh, on all three ad types that you have available um, could be something that probably more aggressive advertisers could could think about. Now, Brent, you've got some good Amazon-based terminology. Uh, <laughs> can you walk us through some of the, because uh, I know we have brand managers and sort of more traditional uh, brand advertisers that do listen to the show. So some of these terms that you're going to mention, I think could be helpful. Sure. So just for some background earlier this week, uh, I was on a um, what Amazon calls like a fireside chat, kind of a webinar, uh, which involved them. And so I was lucky to talk to some people from the Amazon team who are pretty high up at the sponsored display side, which is why this has been really on my mind. And they throw around a lot of terms at Amazon internally that are almost like the military. They have so many acronyms, it's impossible to understand what they're saying. Um, and one thing that they uh, talked about, well, three things I'll go over. One was out of stock awareness. So mm -hmm. that means that the ads will pause if your product is out of stock. This is, I think, still not true for sponsored brands in some in some scenarios. Um, of course, it is for sponsored products. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like something to be aware of. You know, you're not going to be spending against a product where you um, don't have inventory. So that's good yep. to know. Um, they also say what's called ASIN grain, and this is a, another Amazon specific term. And basically, this means you can target things at the ASIN level. Um, and this also means you can use multiple ASINs to advertise against. So one of the differences we experienced with PDA, if you remember back in the day, you could only advertise one ASIN at a time. You would say like, this is the salad bowl that I want to advertise. But with sponsor display, you can be like, listen, I have five salad bowls. I don't know why I'm going to salad bowls, but you can advertise all five of these in here. And each one of them is going to have a little bit different uh, audience it's served to. So it makes it very easy to like spin up the campaign and get it going. Otherwise you'd have to make five separate campaigns with different budgets and all these different settings. And so that's what they mean when they say like ace and grain. And another thing, which I actually had never considered before, I'll be honest with you, was this idea of a delivery promise. And this is basically, uh, is this listing using FBA or FBM? And if so, how close is the person searching for this? Let's say you're in Chicago, but the warehouse is in Southern California. How far away are they from places where Amazon FBA has this in stock? And are we going to serve them the ad based on that so-called delivery promise? Mm -hmm. Something that I think was like almost transparent for most of the year or last year. But then when Amazon got hit with all this COVID demand, uh, things became like pretty quickly apparent that, yeah, actually that matters. <laughs> if your mm -hmm. warehouse is on the other side of the country and not like in your next neighborhood over, like where I'm from in Pennsylvania, we have ABE2, which is a warehouse very close to where I'm from. Um, so if you ordered something from that, it just comes like the next day because it's just right there. Uh, but, you know, maybe that was taken into consideration when looking at ads. Mm -hmm. So those things are all part of the so-called retail focus for sponsored display. So it's very like tied into your uh, existing products. Furthermore, it shows things like coupons. Um, so if you have a 5% off coupon, it's going to show it. Uh, when it goes away, it goes away. Uh, if you have a lightning deal, I'm sure you've noticed this, you search on Amazon, you see a lightning deal there in the ad. So it's also like aware of what your status 
on the actual product detail page is. And those are all like Amazon's, like these are our great, you know, facets of this ad that are gonna help with conversions. And as you know, my conversion rates on Amazon advertising are generally speaking far higher than, uh, let's say like Google, uh, for mm -hmm. instance. So this, all that stuff kind of contributes to it. Yeah, another part of the, another part here is that sponsored display isn't just for retargeting people that have viewed your products. Um, so there's this cool component uh, when you think about a full funnel marketing system. You know, you've got sponsored products which are very deep in the funnel where people are actively searching for this particular product. And I think what's what sponsored display will continue to grow into is a way to tap into higher up in the funnel. Um, potentially, it, you know, we're going to get into like in-market groups. Mm -hmm. uh, these are people who are maybe haven't looked at your product or uh, maybe they haven't exactly looked at, um, you know, they haven't done exactly a search for your product that would trigger your product, but maybe they're doing searches related to your product. So maybe I'm, um, you know, getting ready to uh, become a cyclist. So I'm searching for a lot of cycling related keywords, but I haven't searched, uh, you know, bike pumps. And, you know, maybe sponsored display is a way to sort of get in front of those customers who are sort of looking for that. Um, so I think it, there's an interesting play when it comes to sponsored display as we're moving up the funnel. And in general, um, advertisers that do that first will generally see the, the best returns early. And I, I still think there's early advantage uh, in sponsored display based off the amount of accounts that I see that aren't using it. So generally, you get those earlier positions, you get a, the sort of first mover advantage, you get some momentum going into it. And you, if you are able to build a brand and build a product that has top of funnel appeal, like I, I think if you have top of funnel appeal, if you're able to appeal to customers that are earlier in the cycle of buying, then that's inherent that you'll have bottom of funnel appeal. And also you will outpace your competitors that only have bottom of funnel appeal. So I think there's some really elevated thoughts that we're going to eventually adopt because we're able to go up funnel. Um, you know, I think of companies that are only on Shopify, you know, they would do Google search, you know, somebody actively searching. And then the brands that are the biggest, you know, e-commerce brands, the ones that you hear about, you know, breaking e-commerce records, those are the ones that are able to do like Facebook ads and just target everyone who's a mom on Facebook and their ads run like wildfire because they're able to tap into top of funnel. So th I think Amazon's moving to the same pace here with like posts and live and all of these other things that you can do to appeal to a higher in the funnel audience. Okay, rant over. <laughs> well, yeah, meeting those people where they are in that awareness consideration phase of the funnel makes a lot of sense. And as Amazon has over the years built out their tech stack for advertising, it stands to reason that they would start with the ones that are closest to the money and then move up. So the mm -hmm. challenge they have is to, um, I would say, you know, make sure that the attribution in this ad type is tied more directly to uh, the overall results like longer term. So they're going to have to do a much better job about displaying stats for that, which we may talk about because we uh, were discussing before. But I think, you know, going back to this idea of, well, yeah, hitting people at views, searches, purchases, instead of just saying like product targeting, which is also available in sponsored display. 
But I think that's not really the most interesting thing about it. And that's a good tool. Don't get me wrong. We use it currently. But I don't think that's the thing that's really the, the interesting part here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that interesting part, let us move into the next section where we're actually going to be talking about how the targeting works and you know, sort of how to think about and structure your actual campaigns. Let's jump in. Alrighty, dear listener, if you normally listen to the show on 2x or 1.5x, you might want to slow down the speed and put in 1x right now because uh, we're going to be moving quickly through some of these concepts. Sponsored display. Brent, how does sponsored display trigger? You know, when we think of sponsored products and sponsored brands, we're generally thinking of I'm bidding on a keyword. And that's not necessarily the case here in sponsored display. Uh, so what's the first bucket and, and you know, composition of that bucket of ways to target people? Sure. Let's talk about the audiences first, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the one I just said is the more interesting of the two. The other ones we're familiar with. But audiences, there's three. Um, I think the one that first showed up was searches, I believe. And that's people who have searched for a keyword that is similar or related to your products. So it's people who are, I guess you could say in market, they don't really call it that, but they're, they're, they're hunting in the same area, in the same forest that you're currently in. Um, the next one would be purchases. That's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and this is really suitable for, I guess, consumable goods rather than durable ones. But people who have previously purchased um, whatever product you are advertising against. Then the last one would be views. And this is the new one. And I think we should probably dive into this one a bit more, uh, a lot less self-explanatory than purchases. But views would be people who have viewed your products. And Amazon has a 30-day time window for this, I believe by default. And they automatically exclude purchases um, as part of that views audience. So they kind of like build a retargeting list for you in a way. Yes. So, you know, it's been interesting... I think I've said a few times over the last few years, like retargeting, it's here. Um, and it, it continues to get a little bit better and a little bit better. So views remarketing, I think is really exciting. It is new. It has in, in my accounts, it's got this blue new sticker next to it. So reach custom audiences. So what that part means, it's an audience that only exists to you, uh, meaning it's people that have viewed just you or your products and the product detail pages matching the criteria you choose. So what's interesting about this is when you know you go to set up a views remarketing, you pick your products that you want to serve in the display ad. So you pick that product, but then you go and you select a custom audience. So here is what we're doing. We're building a custom audience. So you can basically say, you know, reach shoppers of your advertised products, product categories and brands and other product features. So what this means is I can sort of say, hey, I'm selling in this category, serve this product to everyone who's viewed one of my products in that category. Um, So you can do sort of complimentary advertising. So if they purchased, uh, you know, maybe one supplement from you, maybe they'd want to view a complimentary supplement, um, something like that. Maybe if they purchased one fitness product from you that you might want to hit them up with a, another fitness product. That's, uh, you know, part of the way that um, this this is thought of. And also, you know, plain and simple, 
your advertised products, uh, bar none. So they've looked at the product and now you're serving another product to the products that they've uh, looked at. So really big opportunity to sort of say, hey, you know, you already spent money, you know, and time and effort getting these people to look at your product page in the first place. And now we are targeting people who viewed that, you know, the percentage of people that did not buy it, getting them to come back. Uh, So I think this is a cool opportunity to ideally recap and recoup some of those um, missed sales. Yeah, I think that kind of um, getting in front of people again while their wallets are still open, so to speak, if it's like a 30-day time window. And maybe in the future, we'll be able to adjust that to 7 or you know 14 uh, and running DSP. We, we, we change that time frame all the time. But 30, I think, is like a decent number that they're starting with and should make the audience large enough to actually address. Because depending on how many sessions your product has, even if it's 30 days, I mean, that could be a very small audience depending on the popularity of the product. So some kind of views retargeting might only be suitable for the products in your catalog that have the most sessions, uh, you know, at the very top, you know, let's say the top five uh, ASINs or whatever, top five SKUs. Yeah. Uh, as always, like, we're definitely going to appreciate more refinement here rather than less. But as of right now, uh, you know, when I'm looking at it and I'm sort of building my custom views remarketing audience, I only have the option to, you know, I can pick products they viewed in a particular category. But if I have multiple products in that category, um, I click refine and I can, you know, I have those sort of uh, selectors. I can refine it based off price. So people that have viewed my products uh, in a particular price and a particular star rating. So I, I have that opportunity to refine it, but I don't have the opportunity to refine it down on an individual product level. So it's just, they're just lumping all of my products, people that have viewed any of my products target them uh, as, as, as if it was the same. So I can't necessarily say, you know, that, hey, they purchased product A, they, I bet they would really like, or I'm sorry, they haven't purchased product A, I'm going to serve them product B instead. You can't get that granular here yet. Yeah, not yet. It's either views, it's views or purchases, not views and purchases. And, and to be clear, I think the views, it works with whatever product you have selected. So if you select multiple products to advertise, it will combine those um that's how i'm understanding it from the builder and from what i've seen of how it works um so it's you know similar to advertised products or advertised products with a 30-day look back that's right so yes yeah, so, so the the advertised products the thing that you're targeting the custom audience you're building are the products to advertise right and you can't pick a competitor which is maybe the rub you know because you'd like to say uh, yeah, well, I mean, I have this great salad bowl, but look at this competitor over here. They have four stars instead of 4.5, and theirs is a dollar more expensive. Like, let's target their people. Maybe in the future we'll be able to do that, and that's super powerful. Usually has lower return on ad spend, but remember, the people you're reaching with views, like, they already know your brand. They're primed, so of course you're going to have a better return on that. Mm-hmm. So views remarketing, uh, incredibly powerful, you know, basically targeting people that have viewed your product page it doesn't explicitly say that it filters out people that have purchased. Um, it doesn't explicitly say that. At least I don't see this mm-hmm. written here. I got that from um, uh, the person I spoke to in the Amazon webinar. They said that it's it's built in. It's in excluding the um, the purchases. Cool. So I guess it's on the documentation, but I have it on word from them, whatever that's worth. <laughs> um, so that that that's my that's my source. <laughs> 
And this is going to be CPC-based bidding, you know, CPC-based bidding that we are used to and familiar with. Um, so nothing really there. Um, you know, bid optimization would follow the same good bid optimization principles that we generally talk about on the show. Anything else to say about views remarketing before we move on to the next audience's type, which is searches? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we're good there. That's a new one, but very valuable. It's a new one, very valuable. Um, when we get to the second audience's type targeting, we've got searches. Here we can target people that have searched for keywords relevant to those products. So they haven't actually seen your product. They've just been doing searches relevant to your product. So this is what I would refer to sort of as a more in-market audience. These people are, are in market. They're actively looking for things. Search, they're searching things related to my advertised products. Um, fairly straightforward here. Um, now, this one's interesting because the bids are in CPM, meaning cost per mile or cost per thousand impressions. And this is definitely worth um, drawing the line here. Uh, we've talked about this on this show in the past before, where you could end up with insanely low A costs um, because for CPM bidding, they include view through orders, meaning somebody didn't need to click on it. They just needed to view your ad. And if they just viewed it and then later purchased, that would count towards the set, like your sales numbers. And other ad types don't do that. So with CPM, for whatever reason, uh, this particular targeting type in audiences operates on CPM. I think in Amazon's mind, anything that CPM should have different attribution and numbers dialed in too. For instance, uh, DSP also has uh, purchase conversions. No, they call it click purchases and view purchases, mm -hmm. if my memory is correct, in the columns. And so uh, what we typically saw with DSP and, and you know still see is that the vast majority of uh, sales from uh, efforts come through uh, view purchases, not click. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would suspect the same is true of this. And is that a bad thing or a good thing? It's not really bad or good. It's just understand that this is a different way to measure this impact because it is CPM. You're being charged per the impression. So they're trying to say, well, if you're being charged per this metric, then we should at least tell you some of the other results and KPIs mm -hmm. related to that metric. So mm -hmm. if they only reported on clicks... Uh, you know, the number would look very different, but mm -hmm. I think it's on Amazon to give us both columns because right now it just groups it together as far as I'm aware, right? You hover right. the mouse over, it has a tooltip disclaimer, which is great. It makes it pretty you know, prominently placed, but uh, yeah, anytime there's CPM, they're going to give us that bit of information. Yeah, I would love to know both my view through orders as well as my click through orders. Um, so then we've got searches and then we've got purchases. Uh, where you can target people that previously purchased your advertised products. Uh, this is where I would love more granularity, uh, you know, especially with supplements, they consume it maybe within 30 days. It'd be awesome to target them in 30 days. Uh, and with other platforms, Facebook, Google, you could set this up automatically where it would automatically do this, um, where it would only advertise it days 30 to 60 after they purchase as opposed to zero to 30, something like that. Um, so this is purchases can still be valuable um, in especially consumable cases. This is also CPM. Um, 
any closing thoughts on, you know, purchases? Because I'd love to sort of rank them in, in sort of priority with you. Oh, interesting. I think they go in the same order that we just described them in. Of course, purchases is going to have by far the smallest audience. I mean, because the people who have purchased are a subset of people who have viewed. And then those people are a subset of people who have searches. And I'll also note that searches and purchases, they do have CPM. And when you build them in the interface, as I have in front of me right here, they give you these estimates on impressions and reach at the bid you've put in with the products you've added. So it takes a bit to calculate and chew on it there. But it gives you a little graph. And the one I'm looking at here, it says it'll reach up to 13,000 people. Um, and my range could be from 15 to 76,000 impressions within this bid range. Um, hmm. So pretty interesting that it gives us little estimates there. And they change if you add or remove products or you change your CPM bid. Yeah, my range is 15,000 to 78,000. Pretty big range. <laughs> Sounds pretty similar to the one I have in front of me here. It's yeah. a pretty big range. So yeah, so... When engineering and building these campaigns, it makes sense to start with the, you know, views remarketing, then searches, then purchases. You know, views remarketing, being able to target people that viewed your products but didn't purchase it, it's huge. It's something that, uh, you know, anyone for anything, doing anything on the internet, you know, your conversion rate is only going to be, you know, 5, 10, whatever percent. That means 95 to 90% of people didn't purchase it. And being able to sort of say, hey, why don't you check this out one more time? Being able to see something more than once is generally a good idea. So views remarketing, definitely a place to start. Separate campaign for searches, separate campaign for purchases with your audiences. And what's good about this too is you'll be able to you know, configure your, when you're looking at this and you're analyzing it, be sure to use good naming so that when you're looking at the campaign level, you know exactly what type of audience you were targeting. So you don't have to guess. Uh, what was this one? Was this CPM or CPC? Or uh, was this views remarketing? Or was this searches? Put that right inside your campaign name. Super easy win right there. Um, another thing I'll say too is in terms of product selection, relatively easy if you have you know two products. Uh, it probably makes sense to just throw both of them in there. Uh, into you know, to put your two products in the first campaign, second campaign, third campaign for audience-based sponsored display. If you have a gigantic family of products, you know we're talking thousands of products. the The hierarchy of this is going to be probably pretty similar to what you've done in the past, because the bid is set at the sort of like the ad group level here, uh, meaning all the products that you put inside there are going to have the exact same bid. You're going to want to be careful here to not group too many things um, in at once. Um, because if you have one product that converts at, you know, 5%, another one that converts at 20%, it probably doesn't make sense to put both of those in the same campaign or in the same ad group here. Um, so be thoughtful to how you structure these campaigns. Um, and always, you know, when in doubt, you want as much granularity, as much segmentation without it becoming an impediment towards your optimization process. Um, so that means if you've got loads of products and you've got one at, uh, you know, 5% conversion rate and another at 6% conversion rate, but you're struggling with so many campaigns, you could probably group those together and not feel uh, some kind of big detriment. Um, but if you've got one product that's maybe 2% conversion rate and another that's 50% conversion rate and the 
cart value of both of these is dramatically different, then it'll probably make more sense for you to segment those out. Yeah, agreed. Those are some great thoughts about how to segment it. And of course, that always exists on a spectrum where you're trying to have clarity of structure and organization on one end and then the hassle of actually managing on the other. And there's a tug of war between those two things. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can see how sponsor display, you know, far better than PDA of your uh, back in the day when you had one product, one campaign. Mm-hmm. You can still do that if you want, but it might be wise to group similar ones together. Um, I, I see the logic in that for sure. I wish more people spoke in old English. By the way, Um, so that is the audience-based targeting. Uh, Again, very different than what you've been used to if you've only done sponsored products, because all of a sudden we're not targeting keywords anymore, Uh, and we're not targeting, uh, you know, searches really anymore. We're targeting even exactly. We're targeting people in a audience, people in an audience, a bucket. Uh, You can think of the different kinds of advertising. You've got search advertising. Uh, and then you've got interest-based advertising, you know, go out and target people who love dogs. This is almost like a behavior-based marketing. This is an audience. These are, this is a group of people who all did something. So they either searched for something related to your product, they either viewed your product, uh, or they previously purchased your product. So these are, this is a behavior type, advertising type. Um, the real magic will probably come in a couple years from now where you, combine, you can combine all things. You know, when this audience makes this search, do this. Uh, that'll be super snazzy. The other type of targeting that we currently have in sponsored display is product targeting. Product targeting is different than audience targeting. <laughs> so <laughs> in, in this case, we are targeting specific products or categories to target your ads. So this is no longer audience-based. You're not targeting a Uh, a group of people that have behaved a certain way, you are targeting a product page or a category. Uh, So walk us through how how the sort of the setup for this goes. This one's far more straightforward. Mm -hmm. So it's it's what you're used to with sponsored products. If you've done any kind of product targeting uh, based on category uh, Mm -hmm. or based on individual products, both of which you can do with SP, I, I believe. Um, then you're going to go through the, the kind of wizard when, the, when building it or putting up a bulk file. Uh, actually, I don't think SD is supported in bulk files yet, is it? Now that we think of it. I've never used it. For... Yeah, I'm not sure if we even have the answer to that. Yet again, another SD quandary where we're working on. <laughs> but yeah, as Mike said, this is CPC. This is not CPM. So we're, we're moved away from that you know, alternative strange bidding method and we're back to CPC. And you pick a product or products, you get a bid in there. Um, and then it's category individual products. Put those ASINs in there, target that category. It's going to give you a suggested one, which is you know the most low-level browse node I think you're at. Um, the one I'm looking at here, it's a couple of uh, forward slashes before we're finally arrived at what our most specific target is. That's probably a good one to start with, and you can refine that just like you can um, for SP. And so yet again, that's by price range, brand, uh, even shipping I think it has here. So the standard refinements we're kind of accustomed to at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just looked at my notes on bulk files. Mm-hmm. Uh, product targeting is not available <laughs> in uh, bulk files. Um, audience targeting is, uh, but I doubt the new one is because that just was released. Uh, mm-hmm. The views, re- views remarketing um, and bulk sheets also only support 
they don't support drafts, so you can't draft up a uh, an ad. Interesting. So like uh, like like uh, often it's it's something that's shown in the AC interface before it comes to bulk or the API. That seems to be mm-hmm. how things work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Did you want to talk about the bids? You're talking about bidding in all of uh, sponsor display. Yeah, because in all cases it's dynamic down only, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. Correct. I haven't seen anything that does dynamic up and down or fixed. Right. Definitely. Definitely not fixed. Uh, everything is dynamic down only, except views remarketing. That's dynamic up and down. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> brand, brand new. Another gotcha. Okay, let's mm-hmm. look. Views remarketing. Sure is up and down. Wow, but does this mean that we can or cannot use the bid modification by placement at the campaign level? I don't believe I've seen that here. I also have not seen that. Yeah, I don't think that exists. Um, Mm -hmm. So another thing to keep in mind, because of course you can put in 50 cents, but if Amazon is going to be doing up and down, well, that that may change uh, pretty drastically depending on how they're feeling at that moment. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. So we've got sort of a tour, and, and really the... The takeaway there, this is sort of a, a tour of sponsored display as of right now. You know, rapid fire, you know, can, how difficult is it to optimize these things? Um, some, some, some issues here. You know, can you negate certain things? You know, can you say, hey, I'm targeting this audience, but if some people in the audience do this thing, you know, don't serve the ad anymore. No. So there's, there's you know, that concept of like negative targeting doesn't really exist here. Uh, the concept of viewing where, because your ads can appear on third-party sites uh, outside of Amazon. Is there any option here to turn off a ad on a particular page on the internet? Not yet. Uh, is there any option to sort of say, uh, especially with audience-based targeting, hey, I appeared on these product detail pages. It didn't end up converting. I'm just, you know, getting lots of impressions there. Go ahead and, and stop doing it over there. Still target the audience, but just block it over here. No option to, to do that yet. So dramatically limited in your, uh, you know, negative placement, negative targeting options there. So definitely something to be aware of that you don't have that option to, to sort of fine tune things over there. Um, and in terms of reporting, there's no sponsored display of reports. Uh, you can't go into reports and click download report, which is a bit of an issue. And lastly, we do have some, you know, you can change the bid there, uh, but don't forget the bid will apply to all of the ads in that ad group. So you want to be thoughtful of how you segment and you want to follow good bid optimization practices. So as of right now, not too much to be able to think about uh, in terms of optimization. And of course, you could change the budget. All right. So I guess bidding at the effectively the ad group level, mm-hmm. not having any controls over negation and campaign level is really the only big levers we have to pull at this point. You put you made a great point about off Amazon placements. Maybe it's showing up on some mobile app or something. And mm-hmm. that's in Amazon's APS or the system, but you just simply can't see it at that point. Um, I'm sure they'll make that stuff available. And uh, I mean, our discussion about the reports is pretty quick. 
there are none, so <laughs> nothing to say there <laughs> for the moment. Look forward to that uh, coming to coming soon, and I wonder what those reports will be. It, it's uh, you know we can imagine some things and speculate, but maybe we should just wait until they show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, would love the you know this would be very modified placement settings, but I'd love placement settings that said when your sponsor display ads appear on product pages, it converts this way. When it appears on third-party sites, it converts this other way. And I'd love to be able to you know crank one up or down, depending on how they're performing. So fingers crossed that we get some more optimization controls. Um, But as of now, it's really just bid and budget. Um, And be sure to practice your segmentation because what you don't want to bump into is where you're looking at a campaign performance and that campaign A cost might be 30%, but then you dig in and you know one product is carrying the show with a 5% A cost and the other one has a really poor A cost. So you want to be careful there. Um, and that's definitely room for you to do some optimization when you are rocking your sponsor display. Whew. Sponsor display, Brent. Uh, how many salads are you going to eat today in your I, I assume you've ordered many salad bowls this week well now that i've primed myself for it uh it's definitely looking likely yeah in, in my future here <laughs> yes um well that is that's awesome that's sponsored display um should you be doing it yes uh hopefully you've enjoyed our late 2020 update to sponsored display um i think sponsored display is going to be fantastic um Continue to get better, continue to move up funnel, um, continue to build better brands on Amazon so that you can take advantage of these extra advertising features that are going to be weighted towards brand registered companies. They're going to be weighted towards companies that have um, sort of higher up in the funnel, view the product multiple times, appeal. Um, so it's definitely, you know, Amazon definitely has their direction in which they want to move um, their companies that sell on this platform so this is sort of another indicator that these things are moving and grooving over here yeah i think that their continued investment in sd is a pretty clear indication of what the future holds 2021 and beyond and i'm expecting a lot of things to come out of this that are very similar to where adsp is at this point and that's exciting um, for everybody who has access to this i think yes and when that happens We'll be right here alongside, trying to help you through. Um, Thank you so much, Brent, for coming on the show today. Uh, Listeners, let us know your experience with Sponsored Display. Uh, I know know, we see lots of campaigns, but there's so many interesting things that people do out there. Would love to hear how it's working for you. Have a good one, and I'll see you next week here on the PPC Den Podcast.